contemplation. The book of Revelation. In chapter number 21. Revelation chapter number 21. We're going to read just one verse tonight and we're going to pray. And I'm just going to jump right into it tonight. I'm glad you're here. I thank you for coming. A lot of a lot of great decisions have been made. We spoke with Brother Seth last night, and of course, they had, we were supposed to be there this evening. Most of you know that. Most of our folks know that. Our choir was supposed to sing there this evening, and I was going to preach. And, uh, and I got in touch with Brother Seth last night. Of course, they're so understanding. Uh, they had promoted the meeting and promoted the meeting, and they had people coming to that property. And so Brother Seth was a little afraid that if they, if they moved there at the last minute that it, they might lose some folks. And I certainly understand that. And so we just said, you just you go forward and we're going to go forward at Calvary. And, and so I appreciate folks being understanding. When you find your place, if you're able to stand, let's stand out of respect for the reading of God's Word. <clears throat> Revelation chapter number 21. And we're going to read this verse together. If you have a Bible, if you don't have a Bible, maybe you can just look on with somebody tonight. Revelation 21 and verse number 4. Ready? And God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes, and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. Well, we could shout a little while right there, couldn't we? I want to talk to you about this subject tonight. Why will tears be in heaven? You ever thought about that? Why will tears be in heaven? You may be seated tonight. We're going to pray and jump into this. And I hope it will be understandable. hope it will be a help to you. Father, thank you for allowing us to come back together on this Thursday night at Calvary Baptist Church. Lord, I have no idea what you're going to do tonight. It's been that way for the last 12 days. Lord, this is not my meeting. It's your meeting. And so, Lord, whatever you choose to do tonight, you don't need my approval. You don't need my permission. I just pray that you would have your way. And, Lord, I also pray that others would let you have your way. And so, Lord, tonight I pray that we would all decide right now early that we're going to let go and we're going to let God have his way tonight. Father, if there is one here this evening, Lord, I think today uh, at least 90 people have trusted Christ in the last 12 days. But it's very possible, it's very possible that there's one more here tonight under the sound of my voice or someone watching by way of the live stream that does not know that they know that they know that they're on their way to heaven And so, Lord, I pray that this March the 24th, 2022, would be the day of their conversion and salvation. Father, I pray that you'll bless our topic and our discussion tonight. Spirit of God, I pray that you'll continue to fan the flames of revival. And, Lord, may it not only happen at Calvary, but, God, may it spill out, Lord, to other churches and other congregations and even all over the nation, even the world. Lord, help us keep in mind that What's going on the last few days may be because you're getting ready to come. 
The coming of the Lord may be, it may be here before this service is out. And so, Lord, bless our time together tonight. Fill us with the Spirit of God. Help us to understand. Help us to have an open heart. And I pray that Jesus will receive glory and praise and honor from all that's done. We ask these things in Jesus' name and for his sake we pray. And all God's people said, amen. And when we think about heaven, we often think about a place that is absolutely perfect in every way. When you think about heaven, isn't that what you think about? That's what I think about. It's not a trick question. It's what I think about. When I think about heaven, and when we sing about heaven, the choir sings about heaven, I think about a place that is absolutely perfect in every way. I believe that's accurate, by the way. I believe that heaven will be perfect in every way. For instance, I believe in heaven there'll be a perfect climate. Perfect climate. Now, somebody said about North Carolina, if you don't like the weather, wait five minutes. It'll change. And there's a lot of truth in that. I don't think heaven's going to be like that. I don't think heaven will be cold like where Brother uh, Kirkman is. I don't think it'll be necessarily hot, you know, like those that live down in Miami. I think it'll be a perfect climate. Just a, I personally, I believe this. I believe that heaven's going to have a tropical climate, not hot, not cold, not humid. Uh, it's it's going to be perfect. We do we do believe this. Evidently, evidently, there's going to be palm trees in heaven. And you say, what in the world, Pastor? Where do you get that from? Well, the Bible says in Revelation seven nine. After this, I beheld and lo, a great multitude which no man could number. Of all nations and kindreds and people and tongues stood before the throne and before the Lamb clothed with white robes and palms in their hand. I would say if you have palms in your hand, there's probably a palm tree to get it from somewhere, amen? I, we know this, we know the tree of life's gonna bear fruit every month. Revelation 22, 2, in the midst of the street of it and on either side of the river was there the tree of life which bare 12 manner of fruits and yielded her fruit every month. And so I really believe it. I believe that, that in heaven there's gonna be a perfect climate. I'll tell you something else. I believe in heaven there's gonna be perfect people. In Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 27 says, and there shall in no wise enter into it anything that defileth, neither whatsoever worketh abomination or maketh a lie, but, that, but they which are written in the Lamb's book of life. And so that tells us that in heaven, not only will there be a perfect climate, but there'll be perfect people. Man, what a blessing that's going to be. I believe this. I believe in heaven, there'll be a perfect society. I believe there'll be a perfect government. Matthew 28, 19, and Jesus came and spake unto them saying, all power is given unto me in heaven and in earth. And so he will be the high potentate of heaven. And so if you're wondering who's going to rule and reign in heaven, well, the Lord Jesus Christ is gonna rule and reign in heaven. Well, that's a blessing right there. No more Democrats and hallelujah, no more Republicans and no more arguing on Capitol Hill. He will be prophet, priest, and king. What he says will go and uh, no more elections. You won't vote him out. He's already been elected. And so there's going, to be, there's going to be a perfect society in heaven. There'll be a perfect government in heaven. I'll tell you something else. There's going to be perfect health in heaven. 
Revelation 21.4, the Bible says, And there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying. Well, I like this one. Neither shall there be any more pain, for the former things are passed away. How many believe that? If you believe that, say amen. Yeah, I do too. I believe that with all of my heart. I believe it. And I believe it's proclaimed in the word of God. I believe that heaven's going to be a perfect place. Now, here's the question. If all that is true, and it is true, why in the world will there be tears in heaven? I've had some people take great issue with me on this subject. I had a lady confront me one night. She said, preacher, I don't believe that. I do not believe what you preach tonight. But I believe I'm going to show it to you beyond a shadow of a doubt tonight from the word of God. In fact, the word of God not only speaks of tears in the verse that we read tonight, but the word of God actually speaks of this a number of times throughout scripture. There's no way you can take the time to turn to all of these tonight. I'll just read them very quickly. Isaiah 25, 8, the Bible says, and the Lord God will wipe away tears from off all faces. Isaiah 30, verse 19, the Bible says, for the people shall dwell in Zion and Jerusalem. Thou shalt weep no more. Isaiah 35, verse number 10, the Bible says, they shall obtain joy and gladness and sorrow and sighing shall flee away. Isaiah chapter 60, verse number 20, the Bible says, thy sun shall no more go down, neither shall thy moon withdraw itself, for the Lord shall be thine everlasting light, and the days of thy mourning shall be ended. Anybody getting excited yet? Isaiah 65, 19, the Bible says, and the voice of weeping shall be no more heard in her, nor the voice of crying. Jeremiah 31, verse number 12, the Bible says, and they shall not sorrow any more at all. But think about it. And if you really, if you really think about this thing of tears in heaven, I'm gonna be honest, church, it really makes perfect sense. Somebody says, Pastor, I don't believe it. I don't believe in a place that's as perfect as heaven that there's actually, at least for a time, that there are going to be tears, that there's going to be sadness, if you will. But think about it, church. Think about it. You don't have to take my word for it. Think about it. If you really logic it out, this thought of tears in heaven really makes perfect sense. And the reason it makes perfect sense is because I believe in heaven there will be plenty to cry about. Pastor, I'm not following you. Hang with me. You will. In fact, there will be so many tears in heaven that our God will have to take action. Because our Bible says in Revelation 21, 4, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes and there shall be no more death, neither sorrow nor crying, neither shall there be any more pain for the former things are passed away. Can I take just a few moments tonight? And can I tell you what kind of tears are gonna be in heaven tonight? How about this? Number one, tears of grief are gonna be there. Tears of grief. You say, Pastor, wait a minute. Why would there be tears of grief in heaven? If there's, it's gonna be a perfect climate, perfect people, perfect government, perfect society, perfect health. I mean, everything's gonna be 
just right in heaven, and it is. Somebody says, then, Pastor, why are there going to be tears of grief? Well, think, think with me now. If you're looking in your Bibles at Revelation chapter 21 and verse number 4, the Bible says, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. But hang on just a minute. If you put it in reverse and back up four verses, you're not in heaven. You're at the great white throne judgment. Look, if you will, back up four verses. Look at Revelation chapter 20 and verse number 15. The Bible says, and whosoever was not found written in the book of life was cast into the lake of fire. We talked about that final judgment last night and that's the final judgment, the great white throne. Now, I believe this and you can disagree and we can agree to disagree and still love each other. But I personally, I believe this. I believe that Christians will be present at the great white throne. Amen. I believe they'll be there. Now, I don't believe they'll be judged. Our sins were judged in Jesus 2,000 years ago. But I do believe this. I believe that there's a good, good possibility that saved people will be present at the great white throne judgment. Now, wait a minute now. This judgment that I'm talking about is not for the saved. It's for those who are lost. Those who rejected Christ. Those who name, whose names are not written in the book of life. But I do believe this. I believe that maybe, just maybe, you and I that are born again will be up in the stands. We will be somewhere present at the great white throne. And when this judgment takes place, a judgment of sinners, those sinners will be cast into a Christless hell. Well, that makes perfect sense. No wonder God has to wipe away the tears. You see, these tears of sadness may possibly be because we see our loved ones cast into hell. Happy thought? No, that's not a happy thought. But it's a real thought. Will you ever think about that loved one that you ought to witness to, that loved one that you ought to give a gospel tract to, that loved one that you ought to try your best to get him in church so you can get him under the gospel and yet you never witnessed to them, you never talked to them about the Lord, you never gave them a gospel track and you knew you should, you, you were burdened, you knew you ought to but you never did and one of these days when the Lord comes, they're not saved, they're not ready and one of these days at that final judgment we stand there, those of us that are saved stand there and watch as our loved ones are cast into hell. No wonder there's going to be tears. Can you imagine seeing your mom be cast into hell? Or your child be cast into hell? So these tears of sadness may possibly be because we see our loved ones banished to hell. But I'll tell you something else. These tears of sadness may possibly be because we cannot locate our loved ones in heaven. Can you imagine searching for a loved one that never made it? Can I help you with that just a little bit? Quite a few of you here tonight are old enough to remember 9-11. Most of you here tonight remember where you were. I remember that day, man, just like it was yesterday, I was down at Baptist Hospital in, in Winston-Salem getting ready to make a visit, and I remember going by uh, the big giant waiting room there at Baptist Hospital, and I noticed that there were, uh, were a herd of people that were gathered around the TV, and so I went over, and I said, what's going on? And the, and the gentleman said, a plane just flew into the World Trade Center. We watched in horror as just a little bit later, another plane flew into the other building. We watched a little bit later as those, as those buildings came crashing down. And that day, almost 3,000 people lost their lives. You folks that are old enough, you know what I'm talking about. 
You know what happened after that? For days and days, people went down to ground zero. And they went down with pictures. And they said, has anybody seen this person? I can't find my dad. He worked around here. Has anybody seen this person? This this is my son. He worked here. Has anybody seen him? Hey, sir, have you seen him, ma'am? Have you seen this man? Uh, Sir, have you seen this person? And for days and days and days, for days and days and days, that went on where people went down to ground zero looking for their loved ones, wondering if maybe they were in a distant hospital or maybe they were dead or maybe they were burned to death or maybe they were covered in the rubble. And, And that went on for days and days and days, not knowing whether their loved ones were alive or their loved ones were dead. Can you imagine how it's going to be in heaven? I'm going to be honest with you, church. My wife and I are in a new chapter now. We're in the grandparent stage. Little Barrett's here somewhere tonight. Samuel and Becca's little boy. He's here somewhere. You know what I was thinking about today? I can't imagine going to heaven and trying to find Barrett. Has anybody seen Barrett? Hey, has anybody seen Barrett? Hey, sir, have you seen my grandson? Uh, Ma'am, have you seen Barrett? I can't imagine going over across heaven and looking for my family. Church, are y'all with me tonight? Honestly, I I can't. I just, you know, have a hard time. My mind has a hard time. It has a hard time compressing that. Our our firstborn, our little firstborn was Taylor, Taylor May. She's growing up now. She's, She's just as sweet as the day is long. She's always had just a gentle, gentle spirit. Brother Brian, I'm gonna be honest. I can't imagine going to heaven and looking around heaven saying, has anybody seen Taylor? I can't find her. Has anybody seen Taylor? You said, Pastor, I don't believe there's going to be tears in heaven. Are you kidding me? Are you kidding? You know what that's going to be like when you, when you go to heaven and you can't find your mom? or your dad, or parents can't find their children. No wonder the Bible says in Revelation 21, four, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes. You know what that tells us tonight, church? We better do everything we can to get everybody in while we can, in the time we have, You say, Pastor, I'm an introvert. I'm not good at talking to people well. Uh, Lovingly, I want to tell you, you better break out of that and you better start witnessing and you better start dragging people to the house of God and you better start passing out gospel tracts and you better start preaching Jesus. You say, Pastor, I'm not a preacher. Well, you better start doing something. You better do everything you can. If you're here tonight and you have family members that are lost without Jesus, I'm telling you, this night ought not pass. 
last before you get to them and say, hey, you got to get saved. You got to get saved. If you're here tonight, grandparents, and you've got grandkids that are lost and undone without Jesus and they're living in the world, I'm telling you tonight, something ought to snap, something ought to change, and you ought to get to them and say, hey, honey, I just want you to know something. Papa loves you and Mama loves you, and I don't want you to go to hell. I want you to be in heaven with me. I'm telling you, there will be tears in heaven, and there'll be tears of grief. No doubt about it. No wonder God will have to wipe away the tears, but hang on. You say, Pastor, tears in heaven? Absolutely. How about this? There'll be tears of gladness. Church, you got to see this. You got to see it. You got your Bible open? Don't you turn over to Revelation chapter 7. Revelation chapter 7. Oh, this will help you tonight. Revelation chapter number 7. And look at verse number 16. You're about to get blessed. Revelation chapter 7, verse number 16. Listen to what our Bible says about this place called heaven. Revelation 7, verse 16, the Bible says, They shall hunger no more, neither thirst any more, neither shall the sun light on them, nor any heat. For the Lamb which is in the midst of the throne shall feed them and shall lead them unto living fountains of waters, and God shall wipe away all tears from their eyes." You see, in heaven, there'll not only be tears of grief, but I believe there'll be tears of gladness. Tears of gladness. These are gonna be overwhelming tears, overwhelming tears of gladness. What what, what are you saying, preacher? This is what I'm saying. I'm saying that heaven is gonna be so great. You have to cry. You've never experienced anything like heaven. You say, Pastor, I've been to Maui, I've been to Fiji, I've been to some of these beautiful, beautiful places. I'm telling you, you are living in a, on an earth that is cursed of God. One of these days, we're going to a place called heaven. And I honestly, I believe this, that when you get to heaven, you will cry because you didn't get there sooner. Oh, yes, good neighbor. I guarantee you what I'm telling you is the truth tonight. One of these days, folks are gonna get to heaven and they're gonna say, oh, man, oh, man. Oh man, I can't believe I invested so much into this world right here when I should have been investing in another world out there. I'm telling you, as good as this world is, it's gonna mean 10,000 times, 10,000 times, 10,000 times better. And when we get there, I can promise you this, there are gonna be tears of gladness. No wonder the Lord said in Colossians chapter three, if ye then be risen with Christ, seek those things which are above where Christ sitteth on the right hand of God. And he said it like this, set your affection on things above, not on things on the earth. Well, don't go down to Calvary because those people are so heavenly minded. They're no earthly good. Well, come on and check it out for yourself. No wonder the Lord said in Matthew chapter six, verse number 19, lay not up for yourselves treasures upon earth, where moth and rust doth corrupt and where thieves break through and steal, but lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven where neither moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. I'm telling you, my dear friend, one of these days when we get to heaven, heaven, I'm telling you, church, man, I'm telling you, one of these days when you get there, heaven's gonna blow you away. Hey, man, in good junior go terms, that's gonna knock your socks off, brother. Amen. That's how wonderful heaven is going to be. 
In fact, so much so that tears will be shed. Brother Pope, I'm not following you. Hang on. A young man and a young lady, they begin to court. God begins to do something in their hearts. And one day he says to her, I love you more than life itself. Oh, when he said that, she melted. I'm telling you, she melted. I mean, she, she longed to hear those words. And she said to him, I love you too. They were engaged. They began to plan that wedding. Oh, hang on, church. I'm telling you, somebody better bar the door. I'm telling you, I'm about to take a run. They plan that ceremony. Man, she begins to, uh, they, they, they plan the, the venue and they, they uh, get everything together. They plan the reception and they uh, plan who's gonna be groomsmen and who's gonna be bridesmaids and, uh, and uh, they get all these uh, details together. They invite the guests. She goes out with her mama and some of the uh, bridesmaids and they take a whole Saturday, a whole Saturday, probably more than a whole Saturday, and they go out and, they, and, and she wants to buy that perfect gown, that perfect dress. It can't just be any dress. It's gotta be perfect. Am I telling you the truth, girls? Amen, that's right. I mean, it's gotta be perfect. She tries on this and she says, no, 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 no. She tries on that and she says, no, no, no. She tries on this, she says, well, it's okay. She tries on another and then another and then another and then another and, and then all of a sudden she puts on that gown and she walks out and her mom is there and those ladies are there and they're like, oh, honey, I've never seen anything so beautiful in my life. And boy, she just glows. The date has been set. You know what happens that bride and those bridesmaids, the wedding's not till six. They get there at eight in the morning, in the morning. And all day long, you know what they're doing? They're doing nails and they're doing makeup and they're doing hair and every hair's gotta be just perfect. Oh man. You see, she's got to look perfect for him. It's got to be perfect. It's got to be perfect. The ceremony starts and those bridesmaids come in and those groomsmen come in and they take their places. That preacher and that groom come and stand there in front of the church and those doors shut. And the clock strikes Marriage time. And all of a sudden, those doors get flung open. And it's the most beautiful sight he's ever seen. She is gorgeous. He is literally blown away. He's overwhelmed. In fact, as she begins to walk the aisle, He's a man's man, but he begins to weep. And the tears begin to come down his cheeks. 
and he forgot to bring a handkerchief, and so he reaches to get a Kleenex, and he can't find one, so he just takes his lapel, and he just wipes his eyes off. And he just cries. Somebody says, Pastor, why is he crying? Is he sad they're getting married? Oh, no, 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 oh, no, no, he's not sad. Preacher, is he crying because he thinks he made the, he made the mistake of his life? Oh, no, 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 no. He's crying because that bride walked in and it's the most beautiful sight he's ever beheld. I'm telling you, church, one of these days, we're out of here and we're gonna go to a place, we're gonna, we're gonna go to a place called heaven and when you walk through those gates, I'm telling you, you've never seen anything like it. You've never smelled anything like it. You've never experienced anything like it. You've never heard anything like it. You've never saw anything like it. And I'm telling you, there is without a doubt, there's gonna be tears because we are so glad that we're there. Man, aren't we having a good time in the house of the Lord tonight? Revelation 21 verse 2 says it like this, and I, John, saw the holy city. New Jerusalem coming down from God out of heaven prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Here's some parents. They haven't seen their kids in a long time. Kids live a long ways away. They haven't seen their kids in a long time. And the kids are coming home. Maybe they're coming home for Christmas or Thanksgiving. And they say, Mom and Dad, we're flying into Charlotte Douglas and, and we're coming home. We're coming home. And Mama begins to prepare. She gets the house ready, gets the house clean. She begins to prepare the meal. She makes sure she's got plenty of groceries. You know why? The kids are coming. The kids are coming home. That mom and daddy load up in the car and Man, they uh, drive down to Charlotte Douglas Airport and she blows up some balloons and they make a sign and, and that sign says, welcome home, welcome home. And they're waiting there by that escalator. And all of a sudden, there they come. And if you're like us, there they come and there the grandkids come, yeah. And all of a sudden, that mom and daddy begin to weep. Tears begin to stream down their cheeks. Is it because they're sorry the kids came home? Oh, no, no. Is it because they're, they feel like the kids have made a mistake by visiting? No, no. You see, when they see those kids that they haven't saw in so long, there's tears of gladness. They're overwhelmed. Oh, listen to me. I'm telling you, my friend, I, I, I got to cut some things out. I know tonight, but I'm, I'm telling you, man. You say, Pastor, you don't quit being so emotional. You have to just, you'll just have to excuse me tonight. There's a little heavenly breeze that's blowing through here this evening. Did you know I believe this? How many believe this? I believe the Old Testament's an illustration of New Testament truth. I believe that. Can I show you an Old Testament illustration? And what I'm talking about? Would you take your Bibles real quickly tonight with me and turn over to the, to the book of 1 Kings chapter number 10. First King, listen, we're about done. Hang in there. We're about done. 1 Kings chapter number 10. 
And look at verse number seven. You know this story. This is a story where a lady by the name of the Queen of Sheba, she comes to visit with King Solomon. She's heard all these things about this king of Israel. And so she travels many, many miles with her entourage and, and, uh, and she finally makes her way into, uh, into Israel. And, and look, look what our Bible says. 1 Kings 10 verse one. And when the queen of Sheba heard of the fame of Solomon concerning the name of the Lord, she came to prove him with hard questions. And she came to Jerusalem with a very great train with camels that bear spices, very much gold and precious stones. And when she was come to Solomon, she communed with him of all that was in her heart. And Solomon told her all her questions. And there was not anything hid from the king which he told her not. Look, 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 look. And when the queen of Sheba had seen all Solomon's wisdom and the house that he had built and the meat of his table and the sitting of his servants and the attendance of his ministers and their apparel and his cupbearers, and it's a scent by which you went up into the house of the Lord. Look at this, church. Look at this. There was no more spirit in her. And she said to the king, it was a true report that I heard in my own land of thy acts and of thy wisdom. How be it? I believed not the words until I came. And mine eyes had seen. And then she said this, and behold, the half was not told me. You know what that is, church? That's an Old Testament illustration of a New Testament truth. Did you know one of these days when you get to glory, I don't care how good the preacher is, he cannot do it justice. And I don't care how good the commentator is, he cannot do it justice. And I don't care how many movies you've ever watched, they cannot do it justice. Right. One of these days, when we finally cross over. Amen. Oh, yes. Amen. You're going to be blown away. Amen. And I believe there'll be tears of gladness. Tears of grief. Tears of gladness. Good old man. Let's bring this thing to a close. Can be tears of gratitude. I want you to turn back to Revelation 21. I think that's the last place I'm going to have you turn. Revelation 21. We read verse 4, but I want us to back up and read verse 3. Not only will there be tears of grief, tears of gladness, but there's going to be tears of gratitude. And tears of gratitude because we have the privilege of being in the presence of a, of a forgiving and a merciful Savior. Look what it says, verse 3. John said, and I heard a great voice out of heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God, look at the next three words, is with men. And he will dwell, look at the next two words, with them. And they shall be his people, and God himself shall be, look at the next two words, with them, and be their God. Amen. You can close your Bibles. You say, Pastor, I disagree with you. 
I don't believe there'll be tears in heaven. Well, you'll just have to excuse me then. Because I believe one of these days when we finally behold him, Brother Rodney, when we finally stand in his presence, you see, you see, you might feel like you're worthy, but this guy that's preaching to you tonight is not. And one of these days when we finally stand in his presence and experience his mercy, And his forgiveness, you know what I believe? I believe there'll be tears of gratitude. I watched many years, several several years ago, I watched that Billy Graham funeral like some of y'all did. I think the thing I enjoyed about that funeral more than anything was when Ruth Graham gave her testimony. I'd never heard it. Ruth Graham stood up in front of that that vast congregation that day and she began to tell her testimony. She was very honest. And she said, later in my life, I got away from the Lord. She said, I went through several marriages. Wasn't living like I ought to live. Backslid. Lost my joy. Just fail after fail after fail after fail. In fact, she said, my last marriage had just falling apart. And this is what she said. She said, I want to see my mom and daddy. And then she said this, but I didn't, I didn't know how they'd respond. What were they going to think of me? I hadn't been living like they want me to live. I hadn't been doing what they want me to do. And she said, but I wanted to see my mom and dad. And she said, I was so down. She said, I, I, just, I just wanted to spend some time with my mom and dad. And she said, I got in my car. And she said, I drove to their home, long driveway. And she said, I was making my way up that mountain. And she said, the whole time I was making my way up the mountain, she was thinking, oh, man, what are they going to say? What are they going to say? How are they going to feel about me? And Ruth Graham said, she was making that last turn around the driveway. And when she did, she said, my daddy was standing in the driveway and he was waiting on me. And she said, I got out of the car and she said, my daddy came over to me and she said, he wrapped his arms around me and loved me and forgave me. Began to help me rebuild my life. Great day in the morning. You say, Pastor, you don't know what I've done. I don't know who you are, but I know who he is. And I'm going to tell you something, my dear friend. When you make that last round, that great driveway, you're going to have a heavenly father that's waiting on you. A young man had gotten out of God's will. I mean bad. Broke his mom and dad's heart. Drug their name through the mud. In fact, spent several, several years in, in the penitentiary. It had been many years since he saw his mom and dad. And so finally he wrote them a letter and he said, Mom, Dad, I'm coming home. I'm coming home. He said, I'm coming home on the train. And that train went right by his old home place. 
And in the letter, he wrote to his mom and dad. He said, Mom and dad, I know I've disappointed you. I know I've broken your heart. I've drug your name through the mud. Disappointed you. But if there's any way you can forgive me. He said, Mom and Dad, there's a little clothesline out there in the front yard. said, when I come by in the train, if you'll just hang a white sheet over that clothesline, that'll be my sign. I know that I'm forgiven. And I'll get off the train. I'll come see you. That young man was almost home. That train was coming around that last curve. I'm I'm beyond. He had a sick, sick feeling in his stomach. And he thought, man, I wonder if mom and dad's going to welcome me home. He couldn't even look. He just put his head between his legs and he thought, I can't look. I don't think I can look. What if it's not there? What if they don't want to see me? What if they'll never forgive me? And finally, after that old train made that curve, that young man got the courage and he looked up. And it looked like a snowstorm. It hit that yard. There was white sheets hanging on every clothesline they had. There were white sheets covering all the bushes. There was white sheets hanging from all the trees. As that train made its way around, there was an old gray-haired man and woman in the front yard, and they were waving a big old white sheet, a big old white sheet. You know what they were saying? Come on home, come on home, come on home. Preacher, why are you telling that story? Because there is a heavenly father right now that's saying to you, come on home. Come on home. Come on home. Come on home. Oh, but you, you say, preacher, you don't know. You don't know what I've done. You're right. I don't know what you've done. I don't know who you are, but thank God I know who he is. And I'm telling you, he will welcome you with open arms tonight. Father, we thank you for your blessings. What a God. What a God that's going to wipe away the tears. What a God that's providing us a place like heaven. What a God. What a God that's willing to forgive and to restore and to rebuild. God, I feel within my heart tonight there's somebody here tonight you're speaking to them right now. And I pray in just a moment, Heavenly Father, that you give them faith. Lord, draw them to yourself. And I pray that they'll come tonight and make that decision that they need to make. Our heads are bowed, our eyes are closed. Before we stand, right before we stand, I'm going to ask our personal workers just to very quietly tiptoe down to the front. With heads bowed and eyes closed and nobody looking around tonight, can I ask you a couple serious questions? The first question is this. If you died today, do you know that you know that you know that you know that you're going to heaven when you die? Without anybody looking, if that's you, you just raise your hand as a testimony. Just wave it to the Lord. Hallelujah. You can lower your hands. All right now, stay with me. 
preacher, I cannot raise my hand. Pastor, it's not that I don't want to go to heaven. I just don't know that I would. And I want you to pray for me tonight. Preacher, if I died right now, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Pastor, would you remember me? Would you just slip up your hand right now if that's you right now? Just raise it real high so I don't miss you. I see that hand. Is there another? I see that hand. Is there another? I see that hand. Is there another? Preacher, if I died tonight, I'm not sure that I would go to heaven. Would you please remember me? Would you raise your hand tonight? Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? You got to raise your hand now so I don't miss you. Can I pray for you? Can I pray for you? Would you stand with us all over the house tonight? We have some folks up here in the front called personal workers. That just simply means we've got some fellas up here with a Bible in their hand. And we would love to take the Bible and show you how you can know that you're going to heaven when you die. And they just like to pray with you tonight. And if you're here tonight and you raised your hand and you said, Pastor, I am not sure of heaven. I am not sure of heaven. Here's what I want you to do in just a moment. Without hesitation, without hesitation, I want you to step out. I want you to get down this aisle just as quick as you can. I want you to do it tonight. If you're here tonight, you say, Pastor, that's me. That's right. You come. Yes. Come on. If you raised your hand tonight or you didn't raise your hand tonight, would you come right now? Would you come right now? God's dealing with your heart. Would you come? Would you come? Preacher, I need to come to Christ tonight. I need to be saved. Would you step out right now? Would you come? You say, Preacher, I, you know, I, I hope I'm saved. And Pastor Cardwell said it right. You either are or you're not. You can't be in the middle. If you're here tonight and you're, you say, Preacher, I, I'm about 68% sure that's not enough that's not enough you say brother Pope if I walk this aisle tonight I'll have to give up some stuff I can promise you this it'll be the greatest decision you've ever made there's not a drug worth Jesus there's not a, there's not a drink worth Jesus there's not a friend worth Jesus whatever it is that's holding you back tonight whatever it is would you just let go and let God have his way come on Come on, we're rooting for you. Would you come? Would you come? Folks are getting help tonight. Folks are coming. Man, now's a good time to respond. Now's a good time. Come on. Preacher, I don't know that I know that I know that I know that I'm on my way to heaven. Right now, step out. Step out. That's right. That's right. That's right. We're rooting for you. Don't you let pride take you to hell, friend. What are people going to think? Who cares what people think? What are people going to say? It doesn't matter what anybody says. Would you come? God's dealing with your heart. Come on. Come on. Step out. Man, we're here to help you. We're here to help you. Would you come? Would you come? Our heads are bowed. Our eyes are closed. 
You say, preacher, I am saved. I walked in here tonight saved. I'm born again. That's right. Good. Come on. Come on. Preacher, I am saved. But I'm not where I need to be with Jesus. I'm not where I need to be with Christ. I need to rededicate my life to the Lord. You know, one of the greatest things that happened in this meeting the last 12 days is a lot of Christians got right. And they got their joy back. And they got their excitement back. If you're here tonight and you're a child of God and you're struggling, don't leave this place like that. Life's too short. You don't know you'll make it back here. If you're here tonight, God's dealing with your heart, child of God. I want you to step out right now, right now. If you say, Pastor, I'm saved. I get it. But you're not where you need to be with the Lord. Step out right now, right now. That's right. That's right. That's right. Come on. That's right. Yes. Let go. Let God have his way. I promise you it's the greatest decision you'll ever make. Would you come? Come on. Well, while the Spirit of God's moving, that's a good time to make a move. Would you come tonight? Folks are coming. Folks are coming. Father, I'm so thankful for what you're doing. Lord, thank you that you're dealing with hearts. God, thank you that life-changing decisions are being made right now. Father, there's a hell to shun. There's a heaven to gain. And I got a feeling some folks are gaining heaven tonight. Lord, do your perfect work. Holy Spirit, move among us tonight. Father, it could be there's just one more person that's holding on tonight. Lord, help them to let go. Help them right now to let go. God, give them courage. Help them to let go to come heads are, bowed, heads are bowed eyes are closed hey Calvary let's just pray can we just rejoice that for some reason God saw fit to pass by 300 Indian Hill Road. Can we just take a moment tonight and just rejoice? I don't know what all that God's doing, but I know one thing, boy, he's doing something. Altars are filled. If you're here tonight and you still need to make a decision, man, now's a great time. We're going to sing in just a minute. But right before we sing, why don't you come? Why don't you come? We've got folks down here that will meet you. We've got preachers in here that will help you. If you need prayer, they'll be more than glad to pray with you tonight. If you've got a burden, you've got an addiction, and you say, Pastor, I just can't, I can't knock it. I can't beat it. I'm glad he's the remedy. Jesus can do what you can't. 
If you need somebody to help you with that tonight and pray with you about that, you come tonight. You come. If you've been saved in the last few days and you've not made it public, you ought to walk the aisle tonight and you ought to come and let somebody get your name and just make it public that you've trusted Christ as your Savior. Oh, Lord, I pray you'd bless these in the altars. I don't know all that's going on. Oh, God, call some folks to yourself tonight. God, do miracles tonight. Set some folks free. God, deliver some folks tonight. Oh, God, move, move among us tonight. Father, have your way, please. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah to the Lamb. He's worthy. He is worthy tonight. Amen. We're going to sing this little chorus tonight. You can look up this way. We're going to sing this little chorus. Folks, you're still getting help. If you are here tonight, there's a move you need to make. Good night, friend. Don't you wait. Don't you wait. You come on and say, Pastor, never been anything like this before. That's all right. You just let go and let God have his way. He'll take care of the rest. He'll take care of the rest. You just do what God tells you to do. You're here tonight. Your heart's beating out of your chest right now. I mean, your heart's beating out of your chest right now. And you feel something saying, you need to get up there. You need to get up there and get some help. Hey, I want you to come. I want you to come. Let's sing this chorus tonight. Ready? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to Come and let's sing it again. Sing it, church. Ready? Just as I am without one plea, but that thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me with me just for a moment. Amen. Just for a moment. In the quietness of this time, have you done what you need to do? 
Amen. Good, good, good. Amen. With our heads bowed and our eyes closed, if you've still got some business that needs to be taken care of, would you come while we wait? Hey, hey, listen. Don't you miss heaven. Don't you miss heaven. And I don't know how how everybody else feels, but I know one thing. We want you to go to heaven with us at Calvary. Don't you miss heaven for this world. We're just, listen, we're just pilgrims passing through. Would you come? While we wait, just for another minute, listen. Would you come? Brother Brandon, I feel like it might just be one more. Just one more person right on the edge. Just right on the edge. Holy Spirit won't leave you alone. Somebody here tonight saying, man, oh man, oh man. I hope this thing gets over quick. Oh, listen, don't turn away the pleading of the Holy Spirit. Would you come while we wait? Father, again, thank you for what you're doing. Thank you, Spirit of God, for manifesting yourself among us tonight. What a God. Lord, it could be there's somebody here tonight and the devil has got them all confused into thinking that God would never forgive them. God, he could never save them. That's what the devil has said. God could never save you. You're too far gone. Father, would you let them know that you're not willing that any should perish, but that all should come to repentance. Father, give them faith tonight. Help them to come. You can look up this way. We're going to sing this chorus again. And listen, time's not even late. God convicted me last night in a big way. When I went home last night, God spanked me last night about this thing and talking about the time and all that stuff. And God said, you better shut up about that stuff. So I'm going to shut up about that. I'm just saying this, you better get in while you can. You better get in while you can. We're going to sing that chorus tonight one more time. If you need to come, the altars are open. Let's sing it together. Ready? Here we go. Just as I am without one plea, but mad thy blood was shed for me, and that thou bidst me come to thee. 
transition tonight. Play through it just a little bit, if you will. The song says there's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place tonight. It really is. It really is. If you need to come tonight, listen, altars are open. Let's see if we can sing it together. It goes like this. There's a sweet, sweet spirit in this place. And I know it is the spirit of the Lord. There are sweet your heads just for a moment. Listen, we're going to let you go. We're going to let you go. We've got just a few. God's still working. You've been standing for a long time. If you're here tonight and you have trouble standing, don't mind. We don't mind if you have a seat. If you, if you have back trouble or you have a hard time standing. You can surely sit down. So, Father, in the closing moments of this service, I pray that you'll 
working hearts, those that have made decisions. Father, I pray that you'd confirm those decisions in their hearts and minds tonight. Lord, help them to leave this place different than when they entered this evening. Father, I think we'll all leave a little different tonight. Thank you for coming by our way. Thank you for reminding us that there is a hell to shun. And that, Lord, we need to do everything we can to get our loved ones saved. Oh, God, I pray that you'd give this preacher a burden for the lost. And I pray that you'd give this congregation, Father, a hot burden for souls like we've never had. And I pray that many would come to Christ. I believe we're living in these last days. And so, Lord, what we're going to do for Christ, we better do now. And then, Lord, thank you for these that have rededicated their lives to Jesus. Father, I pray that you'd work in their lives tonight. Guide their path. We know you're going to do that. And, Lord, use them for your glory and your honor and your praise. Thank you, Lord. Thank you for your sweet Holy Spirit that's here tonight. Father, we love you. And we praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. Brother Abel, keep on playing just for a minute, if you will. How many, how many are thankful for the Lord tonight? Amen? Amen. I'll tell you what we're going to do tonight. I'm going to do it a little different this evening. If you're here tonight... I'm asking you to do something really bold. If you're here tonight and you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that God saved you tonight, you know he saved you tonight, I want you to do something bold. I want you to step out right now and I want you just to come down here around the front. You just come down here. If God dealt with your heart and you know that you got saved tonight, you just step out. Amen. Come on. Man, wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. Praise God. Wonderful. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Wonderful. Amen. Amen. Great, great, great. Praise God. Wonderful. Amen. Krista Mahaffey's trusting Jesus as Savior tonight. Krista, we are so proud of you. What a blessing. Um, Gregory Donahue. Gregory, is that you right there? Amen. Gregory, man, we're so proud of you, buddy. Hallelujah, man. That is wonderful. Kimberly Jarvis. Kimberly. Kimberly, we rejoice with you tonight. What a blessing. Thank y'all for coming up tonight. Y'all can get your seat. Would you give these folks a big hand tonight? Give them a big hand. Amen. Amen. heart is just burdened for the people. I'm just crying inside. I tell you, I praise God the thing when it talks about how God loves us all so much. And he died for us. He gave his he gave his perfect son that came into this world and he died for a sinner like me. Oh I tell you, when I see Jesus for the first time. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I can even raise that button and say, Lord Jesus, thank you for 
looking at me and me. I remembered it. I remember when I was a 13-year-old boy, I remember each day is sweeter. I just, I had to come up here with, it, with them this, tonight just to tell you how much I love my Lord Jesus. Amen. I want to be a better person. <laughs> I want to be a better soul winner. Amen. My heart hurts for people. Hallelujah. Oh, I tell you, if, if I could only praise God the way my heart wants me to praise God. Amen. I wish I had the words. I Amen. wish I had the thoughts. I wish I could tell you how Jesus longs for you. Yeah, yeah. How he, he just wants you to, I mean, could you imagine, uh, we're just seeing a little touch of heaven yeah. when God calls his home. Amen. And we stand in the presence of him. Yes. The one that saved us, the one that looked down upon us. Yes. I'll tell you, Lord Jesus, thank you, dear God, for loving me. <laughs> so unworthy to even speak to you, dear God. But I just had this, I just, we, ha, we have a lot of love friends, loved ones. Dear. Oh, I tell you, I, I look forward to seeing them, but mainly I want to see, look forward to my Jesus. Amen. Oh, Amen. I tell you, Amen. I wish I could say words that would bring glory and honor. Amen. Thank, Thank you, you, Brother Donnie. Thank Pray you, Brother. Thank you, Brother. Appreciate you, Brother. Amen. Give me a hand. I didn't, uh, I didn't get to that part tonight, but I had it in the outline. And uh, you know what? Paul was given a revelation by the Lord, and he was allowed to see into heaven. You know what Paul said? Paul said, no words. No words. Unspeakable not lawful for a man to utter what I, what I saw, what I heard in heaven. That's how great heaven's going to be, what the glory's going to be like when we finally see him. Amen. Those who came forward tonight, what a blessing. Thank you for being bold. Every person God called, he called them publicly. He called them publicly. And, uh, and there's something about a public profession of faith. Boy, I tell you why, I'm so proud of y'all tonight. Appreciate that. Charlotte Holland comes tonight. Charlotte was saved the other night, and she comes tonight, and she says, I want to be baptized. And so we thank the Lord for that. That's a great, that's a great decision tonight. Well, if you rededicated your life to Christ tonight, we're so, we're so proud of you. We're so happy for you. Now, listen, give me just a minute here. If you're here tonight, and you got saved tonight, several things you need to do. Number one, you need to be baptized just as soon as possible you need to be baptized and baptism is a public confession that Jesus is your Savior and you're not ashamed of him that's what baptism is about it's that first step of obedience it's like this wedding band I can take this wedding band off I'm still married just as married to that little redhead as I, I've ever been but I put that wedding band on to let everybody know that I'm married to her and I'm not ashamed of her and that's what baptism is it's a picture of the gospel and it lets everybody know that you've been born again and you're not ashamed of him. And then number two is you need to tell everybody. Tell everybody. You say, Pastor, what are they going to think? Doesn't matter. Now I'll tell you what's going to happen. 99% of the people you tell are going to rejoice with you. But there's going to be that 1%. But don't you worry about the 1%. You just tell everybody. Just tell them. I got saved. I got saved. God's changed my life. I'm living for Jesus. And, uh, and you just go forward for the cause of Christ. Well, there's not even, church, there's not a chance 
that we could stop this meeting tonight. There's not even a chance of it. And so we're going to go. We're going to go one more night. And my wife and I are supposed to leave for South Carolina tonight and uh, preach in the morning. And and uh, and I contacted Brother Jeremy this morning, and I hate it for him so bad, but he he's under he's super understanding. And so we'll go tomorrow night. We'll see what the Lord does tomorrow night. And if God if God says tomorrow night we're done, then we'll finish the meeting, and then we'll come back for a big big day on Sunday. And so and boy, it's going to be a big day. We're going to baptize 22 on Sunday morning. Just Sunday morning. And I think we're going to, how many are going to baptize on Sunday night, Karen? 23 on Sunday night. And so, wow, praise God. By the way, that's not being coerced or bribed. They're coming to us. They're coming to us wanting to get baptized. And, uh, and so we thank the Lord for that. So it's going to be a super special day on Sunday. And so I hope that you'll I hope that you'll be in the Lord's house. Now I'm gonna say the same thing I've said the last few nights, and that's this: we're gonna be here for a little while. And if you're here tonight and there's a decision that you need to make and you didn't make it during the service, come see us. Come see us after the service tonight, and uh, we would we we would love to take some time and talk to you tonight after the service. Pastor Brian, come on if you will. All of the preacher brethren that are here tonight. We're just so honored to have you here tonight. Thank you, fellas. I know you're crazy busy. You guys are crazy busy. And I appreciate you being in the, uh, in the service tonight. We're honored to have you here this evening. Boy, I'll tell you what, Brother Brian knocked it out of the park, didn't he? And uh, preacher, good to have you tonight. You pray for us tonight, if you will. Father in heaven, as we come before you tonight, Lord, I just want to say thank you. Lord, I feel like Brother Donnie tonight. I just don't have the words. Father, to even tell you, Lord, all I'd like to say tonight, for your goodness, for your mercy, for extending grace, Father, extending mercy, Lord, allowing us to be able to see the, the glory and the presence and the drawn power of the Holy Ghost of God. Father, thank you for the souls that were saved tonight. And Lord, not only that, but I believe the work that you've done in the heart of believers to help us to have a greater desire, Father, Lord, to want to be a soul winner and a witness for you. Lord, I pray tonight that we wouldn't leave that in this building, but God, I pray we'd take it with us tonight. Lord, we'd, we'd invite people to be here. Father, Lord, we'd witness to those. Lord, we'd go home, and Lord, if we knew to, and we'd get on the phone, Father, we'll make a phone call to family or friends that we know stand in need of the Lord. And Father, we'd try to get them to this place. Lord, even ourselves would take a Bible. And Lord, just tell them that we love them. Try to share you with them, Father. Lord, I'm so thankful for what you're doing here at Calvary. And Father, I'm thankful for what you're doing in Union Grove. Lord, I want to thank you tonight for what you did at Calvary some 2,000 years ago that gives us the joy and gives us the happiness, Father, tonight to see others walk the aisle and get born again and rejoice in our heart that we know, that we know, that we know that we're saved by the grace of God. Father, I pray we wouldn't let a time like this pass by, Lord, and not get right with God. Father, your word tells us tonight there in the book of Genesis that your spirit will not always strive with man. Father, I want to thank you, Lord, for striving with us and dealing with us. But, Lord, help us to know, Lord, it won't always be this way. Lord, may we get in. Lord, while you're drawing. 
Father, may we draw closer, Lord, while you're loving on us tonight. Father, may you get glory out of our lives. Now I pray, God, you'd continue to give the man of God wisdom. Give him the mind of Christ. Lord, I pray for the choir. I pray for the singers. I pray for the members of Calvary Baptist Church, Lord. Just give them a little extra rest. God, give them a little extra strength. Father, just to go another day. Lord, thank you once again for what you've done, what you're doing. And Lord, even that you're going to do, may we give you the praise and the glory. For it's in Christ's name we pray. Amen.